from me. You sound like an idiot. You realize we got still like a minute still before the show even starts. What the hell are you doing? Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. It's just a podcast. It's just a podcast. It's just a podcast station. No, get away from me. Damn. This is how we do it at the Smoking Hot Podcast. You can get ready. We got a wonderful show heading your way. And I am proud to be your pre-show host. It's time to throw it to my man Hot Toddy. Oh man, I'm getting lost. I'm getting lost. It's going down. A brand new smoking hot time, Jeff. I'm out of here. It's time. Peace. I'm dancing. I'm going to dance all the way in the back. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, Mr. Wells, how you feeling? Ah, the French champagne. All right. Let's get ready for a new smoking hot time, Jeff. It's on the way, my man, Hot Toddy. He's getting ready to take the stage. It's almost about that time. Right about now. From wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's the Smokin' Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, starring Ollie, Miss Pingrino, DJ Poor, Sheila, DA Williams, and Orson Wells, and featuring me, your announcer, Doc Summit. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. It's great to be back with you. We've been gone for the last three weeks, but we have returned, and we've we've returned in a very weird time for our nation's history. I'm feeling really weird right now because, uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, within the last three weeks, and that's all it took, just three weeks, Donald Trump has gone from being the joke candidate for the Republican nomination to very well being the Republican nominee for President of the United States, which would make him at that point just a stone's throw away from the White House. Yes, it's frightening, it's scary, but it is true. And all it took was literally three weeks. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to even think about. It, it boggles the mind, and it's hard to wrap your mind around it, but it's true. Donald Trump has pretty much taken over the Republican Party and uh, and America's hearts as well. And he very well could be the president. He has risen from nothing to something very fast. And that's why this week's episode is called the trump Illusion because that's what it is. It is a Trump revolution. I mean, it, uh, it it's crazy to think that this guy, this, you know, businessman, pseudo successful, pseudo not successful businessman slash reality star, slash all-around nutcase, could now be the Republican nominee for president. And all the Republicans, the the level-headed Republicans, are up in arms right now. The Democrats are up in arms because, you know, we we, we want the best candidate to go up against Trump, obviously, and we've got two good ones, Hillary and Bernie. Uh, But, you know, Hillary is not well-liked on our end, and Bernie's, 
you know, views are about as radical for the Democrats as Trump's is for the Republicans. So it's all mixed matched and all just, you know, running together. There's just so much going on. It, re- it really is hard to wrap our minds around it. But we're going to try to do that this week. This week's episode, like I said, it's called the Trump Illusion. It's, it's all about, you know, Trump and everything he's doing, the way he's acting, how things are working. And then I'm also just going to talk to you about what the reality is about the whole situation. But the main, really the main thing that this episode is based around is the fact that Chris Christie, after Super Tuesday last week, announced his support for Donald Trump. He has endorsed Donald Trump and he is now... If you've not noticed, he's essentially turned into Donald Trump's little whipping boy. I mean, that's what it is. And I'm loving every minute of it. I mean, did you see Chris Christie that night? I mean, he looked, I the best way to describe it, he looked like a deer caught in the headlights. I mean, he was just, I don't care what the hell he said. He regretted everything. He wished to God he never supported him. And that's why this week we're going to poke a little fun at that. Uh, the best way I could describe it, and, and this is what's going to happen in this week's episode, Donald Trump is Lord Zed, and Chris Christie has become his Goldar, for any of you Power Rangers fans. And that's why this week we have a very special guest on the Smoking Hot Tidecast, Lord Zed. Lord Zed's going to be joining us this week. He he was on Smells Like 90s Rock for a little while, uh, about three years ago now, and he's come back for a visit, and he's going to be joining us here on the Smoking Hot Tidecast. And, and he and D.A. have put together some very, very funny sketches that I think you're going to enjoy. And it's all based around Donald Trump and Chris Christie, Lord Zed will be playing the role of Donald Trump, and uh, Da will be pr- will be playing the role of Chris Christie, and it's it's hilarious by all measures. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. This whole episode is going to be a lot of fun, and maybe it'll make let make you calm down a little bit about this whole Donald Trump thing. Because let, let's face it, we let's face it we don't want it to happen we don't we we don't want trump to be the candidate but you're going to enjoy what we put together here so let's recap again we're going to talk a little bit about the trump situation we're going to talk about about how the, some of the crazy things he's been doing and then we're also going to bring you the adventures of trump and Christie. and you're not going to want to miss that it's going to be great and ollie is going to be reporting on what's going on on the campaign trail on a brand spanking new ollie report that's all coming your way right here on the trump Illusion episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Hot Toddy. Hot Toddy. Hot Toddy. You're tuned into the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, who's always looking real good. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. The Trump Illusion. I think it's appropriate enough to call this situation that we find ourselves in with Donald Trump just inches away from being the Republican candidate, calling it the Trump pollution. I'm not in favor of the Trump pollution. I'm not a fan of it. I, I don't think he'll be an effective president, but you do got to call it what it is. And that's that. That's exactly what this is. You know, I've, I've been mentioning it through the entire first part of the show. You know, the last new episode we did of the Smoking Hot Toddcast, it was just three weeks ago. You know, we all still thought, okay, so Donald Trump has some traction with voters. People seem to like him, but there's no way that he's going to start winning states. Three weeks later, here we are. He is literally, we're not even to the convention yet, but 
it's pretty much certain he's going to be the candidate. But the thing is, though, it doesn't look like Ted Cruz is going to give up anytime soon. And Marco Rubio has not given up yet, but he probably should. But anyway, Ted Cruz isn't given up yet. So there's a good chance that this could go all the way to the convention and they'll have to figure out who exactly will be the candidate. And that's not happened in years. So this is really interesting to see this happen. Uh, it's not a good interesting, but it's interesting nonetheless. But uh, I know that people who think like I do and even most Republicans even are, are outraged and scared at the idea of what would happen in a Donald Trump presidency. And really, I've been able to kind of narrow it down to a few things. Really, the, the, the bottom line is I think we're overthinking this, you know. I think that we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting too upset and too excited before anything has even really happened yet. Yes, he's got delegates now. Yes, he has won states. But let's 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 start. I, I, I have looked at the absolute worst of worst case scenarios. But what we're going to do is we're going to go take it step by step. OK, we're going to go from candidate to winning the election to being the president. All right, we'll start with the candidacy part. OK. I still don't believe Donald Trump will be the Republican candidate for president, even with as much support as he has right now, even with all the backing, you know, of Southerners and, and people in rural areas. I know that there's a lot of that there, but I still do not believe that he will be the candidate. I just don't think it's going to be there for him. I think that he and Ted Cruz are going to be neck at neck right up until the very end. And I believe that if it goes and I believe it's going to go to the convention. And at that point, it may be close, but I still think Ted Cruz is going to be the candidate. I still think he is going to have the most power behind this. Now, I could be wrong. Donald Trump very well may be able to pull it out, and we'll get to that in a second. But I just don't feel like that the Republicans are going to be there as much as we think they are. I know that the Republican Party is, is really just flat out falling apart. I mean, that you cannot deny that at all. The Republican Party is completely falling apart. There's so many branches of it there from least crazy to most crazy. But, I, you know, the bottom line is, is that, you know, they are falling apart in so many different realms and they're not able to keep it together. And I don't think that I just don't think that one little side of the party is going to be able to take over the entire thing. No, I still think that the regular Republicans will still come out on top on this, and I still think Ted Cruz will be the candidate. But let's move on now to the next worst scenario. Let's say he does become the candidate. I still don't think he will win the presidential election. This is the biggie right here. I th All arrows at this point, I think, are pointed towards Hillary. I don't think any of the candidates have much of a choice. Frankly, I myself am a Bernie Sanders supporter. I like Bernie a lot, but even I kind of think that he probably will not end up being the candidate. Love him to death. I think he's the best and I would love him to be the candidate, but I think this is going to end up being Hillary's time. Uh, but that being said, he has won so much already. He has won some major primaries, uh, including Michigan just the other day, and he's won in one Vermont and a bunch of others. So, you know, this this race could come down to the to the convention for the Democrats too. Who knows? But I think that Hillary has this pretty well sealed up in case in point with Donald Trump as well. If he becomes the candidate, I believe that Hillary will win. I don't remember who it was that said it, but I know there was people at the time when he first started running in like June of last year. Somebody said, actually, Glenn Beck, one of the most conservative human beings on the planet. He said once even when Donald Trump first got started, he said if Donald Trump was to become the candidate, 
it would be an open road for Hillary. This is why the Republicans are so afraid. This is the main reason why they're afraid, is because they know that if he becomes the candidate, level-headed Republicans, people who are not swayed by this weird, whatever it is you would call, this weird pretentiousness and arrogance that Donald Trump is giving off, the people who's not fallen for that are either not going to vote, or, you know, they would rather cut off their own finger, but they're going to do it anyway. They might even vote for Hillary. That's what's going to happen, is that Hillary is essentially going to have no no problem whatsoever. If People like Glenn Beck feel that if Donald Trump is to become the candidate, they might as well start moving Hillary stuff into the White House. That's that's pretty much the situation right now. Really, Donald Trump cannot win. you got to remember that this whole thing goes through the Electoral College anyway, right? So even if he was to win the popular vote, the Electoral College probably is not going to go for it, and Hillary's going to end up winning the presidency. You know, these things are pretty much kind of, you know, known bef- way in advance before the election actually happens. So I think this is pretty much sealed the deal for her. I think she's going to go in regardless. But that's the thing is, is that, you know, people are saying, oh, my God, he's going to win. He's going to win. You don't know that. He can have as much popularity as he wants. Remember, Al Gore won the popular vote in 2000. George W. Bush became our president for eight freaking years. So never forget that there are still some major hurdles, even if you become the candidate, even if you're there on election night, even if it looks like you are going to be the next president, there's still some major hurdles there that you have to get over, and I just don't think Donald Trump is going to be able to get over those hurdles. Hillary is going to be the next president, period. Now, with that in mind, let's look at the final worst-case scenario. Let's say he does win the election. Let's say, for the hell of it, he does become the 45th president of the United States. Then what? Hot toddy. You're probably saying, hot toddy, no way. It's the end of the world. That's it. Game over, man. We're done, right? No. If Donald Trump was to win the presidency, he is not going to have anybody on his side. The Republican-controlled Congress is not going to be on his side. They can say in public what they want to. They said that they would support Donald Trump if he became president just because he is the Republican president, but they're not. There's going to be major battles. There's going to be major fights. It's almost as if Obama never left office because he went. You went from the major liberal ideas that the Republicans aren't going for to the overly conservative ideas that the regular Republican House and Senate are not going to go for. So he's not going to get anything off the ground. Of course, that being said, anything that Congress gets off, he, he's probably going to disapprove. He's going to veto it. So it's going to be like a battle back and forth. Now, because of that, maybe they will reach a compromise and let him do some stuff. But like some of the weird, scary, stupid things that he's talking about like building a wall and putting everybody you know, all the muslims in concentration that's not going to happen they're not going to allow him to do that if they did this would be this would be a full-on dictatorship and i don't think the republicans are that crazy to re- to allow that to happen so that's not going to happen also i don't think he's going to know what the hell to do if you notice he's won all these states and he's still yet to give a platform he has no policies whatsoever He just goes out and says whatever the hell he wants, and then he wins a state. I don't know how that happens, but he has no policy ideas. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's not going to know what the hell he's doing. You know, I'm sorry, but running the country is quite different just from running a business. I know the country itself is a business, but it's not the same. And he's going to realize that 
come next year if he's the next president. It's just the way it is. He's not going to know what to do. He's going to have a bunch of advisors helping him, but it's not going to work for him. And he's going to end up looking like the moron we all know he is. And that's why he would be most likely a one-term president if, if he doesn't do something stupid to get himself impeached. That's all there is to it. So there you have it. Simple as that. Donald Trump would be the worst president in U.S. history. He would be ineffective. He wouldn't know what the hell he was doing. And so that's why he will not become president, because he's not going to win the election, because it's the deal is sealed for Hillary. Hillary will become the next president. You don't have to really worry about that. But we don't even have to worry about the election either, because he's not going to become the candidate. It's just not going to happen, in my opinion. Now, I, I could be wrong about all of this. Now, I am willing to say that I was wrong this time next year if he is the president. I will say I was completely wrong. These were just my theories. I am not stating that any of this is fact. This is just what I believe, and it's probably true. But if it's not, egg on my face. But I'm not going to sit here, sit here and say, well, I predicted it. Oh, well, I predicted it wrong. You know, I'm not going to do anything like that. No, this is what I believe. This is what I believe will happen. He could become the candidate. He could win the election. But I don't see any of that really happening. I think that this is just a bunch of overkill, and that is why we can't overreact. We have to let this run its course. Just like a virus, like any virus, there is no cure for it. You just got to let it run its course, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Everything will be fine. Let the trump pollution happen. It's no skin off our nose, but put your mind at ease. That it is my belief Donald Trump will not be the next president of the United States. And with that, I say, go Hillary, or go Bernie. God bless America. We hope, anyway. And now, a joint important message from Republican presidential candidates Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Please help us! And that was a joint important message from Republican presidential candidates Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. And now, a look into our possible future. It is my pledge. Uh... They have nothing but peace and tranquility and to give those who are suffering everything they need to get by and to make this truly the greatest country in the world, a country that helps those who are in need. That's it. That's it. You are out of here. This country cannot take it anymore. Governor Christie? That's right. That's right. It is I, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Now, we've had enough of this helping people nonsense. That's not what this country was founded on. It was founded on taking everything you see and creating dictatorships under people's noses but making them believe it's a wonderful thing. And that's why you are out of here. Your time is up, and it's time now for the next great leader to take over this country. And that's exactly Exactly what's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen of America, I present to you the greatest leader that this country will ever see. I am Lord Trump, Emperor of all I see. You have failed to complete the mission assigned to you. I will now resume command. Prepare the pass for my return. Oh, well, uh, I wasn't really expecting that, but you get the point for more President Obama. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it appears my time has come and gone. Thus ends peace and tranquility and begins totalitarian government. Bye, Felicia. Now stay tuned, because you shall see this great, powerful leader take down the establishment. I will return! <laughs> You're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host... Todd. Just Todd. Todd is helpful, and Todd is there for you. Uh, well, it's actually Hot Toddy. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! I'd be remiss if I uh, didn't speak about the very controversial thing that Donald Trump talked about a little while ago. Of course, 
I'm talking about the fact that he defended that he has a rather large male appendage. That's right. You know, throughout the years, presidential candidates have defended many different things. Their policies, their ideas, things they've done in the past. But leave it to Donald Trump to defend his penis. And that's exactly what he did. And if you don't believe me, if you've not heard it, and you, I'm sure you have, but if you've not heard it and you don't believe me, take a listen. I have to say this. He hit my hands. Nobody has ever hit my hands. I've never heard of this one. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? <laughs> and he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. I <clears throat> That's your Republican frontrunner for President of the United States talking about his wee-wee. There's something wrong with that, folks. I, I just can't get behind it. Just, just this again. This episode's called the Trump Illusion, and we just gotta let the Trump Illusion play out. It's like I said earlier. I don't think he's gonna be the president, but uh, who does that? I I don't care if you are the popular candidate. I, that is the most uh, disrespectful and downright disgusting thing. That was the worst thing you could possibly do. But did it hurt him at all? Hell no. Uh, the Republicans love him even more now. Honestly, I, I, I blame Marco Rubio because he's the one that mentioned it. And I blame Vanity Fair. They're the ones who started it. Was the Vanity Fair, what did they say? They said that uh, just to drive him a little bit crazy, I took to referring I took to referring to him as a short-fingered vulgarian in the pages of Spy magazine. That Rule number one, do not talk about any more body parts around Donald Trump because I don't want to hear it. I do not want to think. I, that's all I can think now. President Penis. You're listening to Hot Toddy. On the Smoking Hot Toddcast. And now, a look into our possible future. With the departure of Barack Obama, I am so very proud um, to present to you our new emperor, Lord Trump. I am Lord Trump. Identify yourself. Uh, sir, I'm Chris Christie. I, we, we've met a few times before. I, I endorsed you, and, and now I'm your evil henchman sidekick. Ah, yes. The groveling one. I'm sorry, what? Your spineless, sniveling attitude leads me to believe you will serve me well. Now, see here, I'm not going to take... Wait a minute. He's a frightening emperor. He could take me down in one fell swoop. I endorsed him, and... He gave me all kinds of goodies. I better stay on his good side. Uh, you know what? Never mind, sir. I, I apologize. Uh, you won't regret hiring me. See that I don't. I uh, sure. Um, all hail, Lord Trump. <laughs> oh, what have I done? You're listening to the most splendiferous, the most fantastic, the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, the Smoking Hot Toddcast. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. The Smokin' Hot Toddcast presents The Ollie Report, a segment dedicated to extremely professional and hard-hitting journalism. Reports on headlines straight off the news ticker through the eyes of Ollie. And now, The Ollie Report. 
Hello there, and welcome to the Ollie Report. I'm Hot Toddy. We are back after having a little break, and boy, we came back at an extremely interesting time, I think, in America's history, because even just three short weeks ago, we never thought in a million years that the man that we know as Donald Trump would have as much momentum to becoming the Republican presidential candidate as he does now have. After a massive Super Tuesday win last week, Donald Trump is now predicted to be the Republican candidate for President of the United States. But not only that, there are still three other contenders for the spot, and the whole thing is just a giant whirlwind, and we thought to ourselves, we could do many different things. We could figure out different ways of covering this to make it seem very professional, and we thought of the best way, of course, sending our very own Ollie out to cover this amazing story. So now here with us today, he is now in the senior political room. I don't know why we call it that, but he's in there. But he's going to update us on everything he knows about what's going down right now when it comes to the Republicans and the race for President of the United States. Ollie, what's going on? It's like somebody genetically put together the Joker and Two-Face, created this weird orange human being, and now he's persuading everybody to vote for him for president. Hashtag scary. That's the realest thing you've ever said, my friend, and you could not be more right. Uh, usually we don't like to drag in our personal politics here, but screw that. For some reason... This maniac, Donald Trump, could very well be the Republican presidential candidate. I just, it boggles the mind, does it not? I wonder if his ass hair is orange. We're, we're not, no, no, you're not doing this. You're not going there. We're not dragging this down the road. No, we're not dragging this into the mud like we usually do. No, this is a serious thing, Ollie. This is a very serious thing. Do you realize that come November of this year, Donald freaking Trump could be elected president of our country. Do you realize that? I wonder if Omarosa is going to be his running mate. Biscuits! That would make a lot of sense, actually. No, no, I'm afraid it probably won't be Omarosa. I bet it will be Chris Christie, who has become essentially Trump's little lapdog, who will do anything he asks, as we have seen in in recent days. Speaking of which, have you spoken to Chris Christie about his endorsement of Donald Trump and where he thinks this is going to lead? I tried talking to him. I brought some food, but I couldn't get a word in edgewise. It was like letting a lion loose in a gazelle cage. Station! Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. Then he turned around and tried to eat me. He was not on my ass on my way out as I was running screaming. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is, uh, this is very uncomfortable and very scary. So I, I, I don't blame you for, for being worried about that, Ollie. Um, but did you speak to him at all? No! <laughs> I, I honestly don't blame you. Uh, that's all right, Ollie. Um, well, have you, uh, have you spoken with any of the other Republican nominees? Case in point, Ben Carson, who just a few days ago pulled out of the race, saying that there is no path for him any longer. Have you spoken to him about how he feels about pulling out at this point, and who might actually be the candidate? He constantly looks like Dr. Frankenstein coming up with an evil plan. But believe it or not, we actually had a very, very long and intelligent conversation. I gotta be honest with you, that doesn't really surprise me about you and him. In fact, probably you and Donald Trump would have a very small conversation. Actually, we did. Really? Did you speak with Donald Trump? I did. Well, did you ask him what we wanted you to ask him? Like, how does he feel? Does he believe that he will be the candidate? Does he think he's the perfect man for the job? And what will be some of his policy ideas? Because up to this point, he's not really given us any ideas of what his policies will be. Did you get into that at all? No. They mostly talked about cats and dogs and not having butt cheeks. And then we talked about our hair. Did you know we have the same stylist? Hashtag haircuts. Again, something that doesn't really surprise me. Well, at least you spoke with him. That's cool. Donald Trump does have butt cheeks. All right. God, why do we? Why are you even going into that? I don't want to. Let's just let's forget that. 
Now, did you talk with Ted Cruz and or Marco Rubio about how they feel? Because uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio both are neck and neck in terms of who could be second place in this race. Not to mention the fact that things are not over yet. One of them could pull ahead of Trump and become the candidate. Did you talk with them about how they feel, how this race is going, and who they think the candidate will be? I'm sitting in a very dark room. Nobody turned on the lights for me. I just saw the phone ringing and I answered it, and lo and behold, it was you. I spoke to a lot of weird Republican people. They're scary sometimes. I don't feel comfortable. I thought, can you come open the door for me? I'm scared. Biscuits. Okay. I, I guess you didn't talk to Cruz or Rubio. Well, um, thank you, Ali, for all of that. Um, I guess we're all in agreement here. Uh, things are kind of looking a little bleak for the Republicans because uh, Donald Trump might actually be the candidate. Well, but the real question is, uh, did you speak with any of the Republican leaders to find out if they would actually support a Trump candidacy? Yeah, they said, hey! Point taken. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, going to do it for us, Ollie, unless you have uh, anything else to add. Well, yes, as I did mention through this, I spoke to all the current Republican candidates. I spoke with John Kasich, who, out of the entire crew, seems to be the most logical man. He is very down-to-earth, very intelligent. Uh, my vote will still not go to him or any of the Republicans, for that matter. But I must say he is highly intelligent and really should be the candidate out of all of them. I did speak with Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Let's face facts. It, it, no, it's nothing happening. Ben Carson sucks. He's out, too. And Donald Trump, well, I mean, he's Hitler on the rise. So there you have it. And no, Republican leaders, like I said, they ain't going to do crap. They don't want to do crap for him. It's over. Game over, man. The Republican Party's falling apart. My advice to the country, either follow Hillary or feel the burn. Peace out, bitches. Couldn't have gotten more real than that. Yeah! That's going to do it for the Ollie Report this week. Tune in next time for another headline ripped from the Ollie News ticker. Until then, have a good day and an Ollieful week. Orson Welles, smoking Hot Toddcast promos. Take one. Okay, Mr. Wells, uh, just do your spiel, your usual thing there, and say, Hello, this is Orson Welles, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Ah, the French champagne. No, 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 hold it. All right, Mr. Wells, just say, This is Orson Welles, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Okay, go again. Yes. Oh, yes. They're even better raw. Cut! All right, uh, do it again. All right, and action. Look, I don't need to do this. I've got a fish stick commercial in an hour. Oh, what the hell? I need the money. The Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Penis. Cut! The Smokin' Hot... Hello, I'm Orson Welles. Ah! And now, a look into our possible future. And now, a message from the President of the United States. I am Lord Chuck, sworn enemy of all that is good and decent. My evil may once again reign supreme. This is your dilemma. You agree to pilot my new fleet of swords and do all my evil bidding. Or you can refuse my offer, in which case we can all sit around and have a jolly time watching my evil reign supreme. Oh, well, now that, that sounds great. Um, since you're going to be real busy doing stuff like that, you probably don't have much time to deal with the Republican Party, so we'll just take it back over and we'll, we'll mend things and make it all better. Save your breath. I'm giving the commands around here. Oh, of course. How could I forget? Nobody can do anything except the great Lord Trump. Not even his fellow Republicans. No, they can't do jack shit. It's all left up to the great one. Okay, I remember that. I'll just go back into my corner and eat out of my dog bowl. Is that okay with you? Oh, give it a rest. Smoking hot podcast. We have to discuss this week. Oh. 
specifically Tuesday. Like well, this 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 will go on all night. Yeah, we that's scary. Yeah, scary. It's a scary thing. Yeah. How? Why? I had uh, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. Wait. Well, okay. Wait, I have I have a good way to start this. Um, I've seen this quote flying around. Um, it's by a Harvard professor saying um he was always really bewildered how uh somebody like Adolf Hitler could come into power in Nazi Germany, and. Have you guys ever actually like seen Hitler's? We, me and Todd were talking about this last week. Have you actually seen some of his speeches translated into English? Um, I know more about. I got kicked out of a German class because I said Hitler was a brilliant politician. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's that's the point because yeah. he he his speeches are, they he says stuff like you know re, uniting all the German people mm. into one class about eliminating class discrimination about um charity not being out of a moral obligation but out of like love for your german citizens mm -hmm. like it's all it's all rhetoric that is you know said by american politicians by well-meaning non-hitler american politicians mm -hmm. but trump is saying vague sexist and racist things and people are just voting for some him. of it's not so that's vague either. that's, sca that's <laughs> scary not vague. really none of it's vague. well I, yeah. when i when i say vague when i say vague i mean that whole we're gonna make america great again yeah that's what yeah. i'm referring to more often uh, by the not. way make donald trump again i like yeah, yeah. Make, make donald trump again yeah i'm down with that that's what I, that's what's scarier because like when that Harvard professor says, like I never understood how they were duped. Like I kind of can. Yeah. Like yeah. he seemed like the German people were conned, and it was it's really kind of tragic how it they were tragic. how they were yeah. conned. Yeah. They were conned by a guy who masterminded the Holocaust, and we are being conned by a guy who was blatantly promising awful things I mean, for this it, country. Really, what he did, honestly, historically mirrors what Trump is doing. Because okay, so after World War One. Germany was destitute because we put all right. these like financial mm -hmm. sanctions yeah, on they, them. We're they like, you're bad people. Yeah. They just paid off the debt in 2011. Yeah, <laughs> so. of World War One. Like they haven't even around a two. We, we're just getting started on two. And so, what Hitler did was he didn't just come in and say we're going to kill Jews. No, he built the infrastructure. <laughs> he he did. fed the right. poor. Yeah, right. He made roads. Like everyone was like, oh, this man's awesome. And he's like, okay, guys, I gotta be honest with you. The reason we were so poor was because of the Jews. And yeah. everyone was like, yeah. what, really? Mm -hmm. He's like, well, yeah. And like, well, I mean, he did feed me. And so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this really He got me Big Mac. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, he got me Big Mac. And so they were like, I know it's probably not right that my neighbor's being taken away in a train in the middle of the night. But I, if I just don't look at it. I don't have to admit that I know what's going on. Right. Yeah. I, I think I remember one of my high school history teachers phrasing it this way. Um, he was he was talking from, like, the point of view of, like, a Nazi official going, like, no, everything's fine. You're being fed. Jews are disappearing, but everything's fine. Yeah. You know, it was like that was more or less well, <laughs> the mantra of the Nazi propaganda machine. But I, I, I came <laughs> to a conclusion after Tuesday is that we have to start looking at this through rational eyes. Let's think about this clearly. If he is elected president, he's not going to know what to do. He really is not going to know what the first freaking thing. No, the, he will get the usual presidential first things. He'll get to go downstairs and give a titty twister uh, to the alien body from Roswell. Yep. He'll get to do that. Then he will have the here's how effed up things really are book flopped in front of him. On yeah, it's the, like, by on the, the way, White you're calling me. He's about to die. Exactly. Oh, on the God. Oval House, <laughs> on the Oval Office desk. And he'll be like, oh, my God, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's going he's gonna to try to shove off a bunch of policies. And here's the thing. No Republicans, even no, no Democrats no, or, or Republicans. No, but I, here's the thing. But the Republicans do not support him. They will not do what he says. And keep in mind, Congress are I the ones not. that Congress are the ones that really make the decisions. 
and then he vetoes them. Of course, he has the power to veto. But see, here's the thing. It's like I don't think anything, it, nothing will really It'll change. It'll just be like gridlock for four years. I think it will be gridlock, yeah. or, or he'll be impeached, one or the other. I don't think I hope he, he, I, if he wins, I hope he's impeached. I, don't, I hope he yeah. does not win, though. He I really hope we do not get to that if point. If he wins, well, first of all, well, I'll get to that in a second, but I don't think he will win because he does. He's not. I mean, he doesn't have the power. But if he does, he d- he still doesn't have the power. He we say this, but look, I didn't think he'd get this far. Well, What's look, so, but but national support of people is not the same as actually governing, and it's not. And I don't think true. He's, he's not going to have a whole lot of power. And I just heard the other. I was. Did anybody watch Bill Maher the other night? I watched him on Friday night, and not. he had the former head of the uh, C. Was it was it in. in I want to say CSI. That's not right. CIA. That's right. A former dra- <laughs> that was not right. A former director of the CIA, and he says that if he does become president, the armed forces will not listen to him. They will refuse his orders. That's it. This is how this is how far he says it will go. He said nobody is going to listen to. Him. He's going to be essentially like the pop. He was the popular kid in high school, but now he's like coming back to high school, and nobody's listening to him because he's a big loser. <laughs> that's essentially what. That's essentially. Yeah, but high school is the White House. That makes it so much scarier. Yeah, no, it's going to be the this, Trump but House. Guys, man. Uh, look, it's it, you still got to look Wait, through, through rationalize. Um, Plus, but uh, but listen, there's okay. still there's still also the fact that there's the electoral college, and I don't think that that see it, you know usually elections are kind of aren't they? Let, let's just get it out there. Aren't they usually already decided before we even go into the elect the campaigns or something like that? I mean, it's usually it something. Depends. It's something like that. So I'm pretty I sure. How the, the people in electoral Super college Tuesday yeah. is also there. predominantly red states that are voting. Exactly. South. So, oh my goodness, we need yeah. to get our stuff together. South. I'm know. tired of it. I can't handle you anymore. But, but bottom line is, I think I found out my home county actually vote actually voted um, Bernie Sanders though. That kind of made Good me proud. Good for them. Yeah, That's made awesome. me proud. Hillary still won Scott County, so yeah. But uh, at least she won it. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to Trump. Well, but she didn't win it. I mean, you know, Trump obviously Trump will win Scott County in November. Yeah, right? no, no, they won. She won the Democratic. She won the Democrat for side. Scott yeah. County. But anyway, but you know, I'm losing my train of thought here. Where am I? Oh yeah. So, you know, I think the the can- the election is pretty much pre- already like put out for Hillary. And and people always said, do you remember what they said? Even in June when he first started running for president, even if he becomes the candidate. It will be an open road for Hillary because there's not going to be enough, you know, people with one of these supports. I'm pointing I don't to my know. Head. I think there's enough racists out there. No. What's um? I, I really doubt it. I what, doubt. What's what's the number that you need to impeach? Is it three quarters of the Congress that you need to impeach a president? Something like that. Okay, and that's that's the whole Congress. That's all 535 representatives, right. state mm-hmm. and federal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I'm just trying to. Fi- I'm just trying to. Think of the logistics of the, how that could actually work if he actually. Right. Well, it's like the a, numbers that we need to get this man out of office if he. Well, it's like wins. it's like who'd have to start writing letter Tuesday it, now. It's like yeah, I'm right saying, now. Yeah. But, <laughs> Impeach. But it's but like the, I'm the saying, Republican pool is already supporting supporting. Like Marco Rubio said, I will support President. Um, I will support. Oh God, I actually slipped up and said President Trump. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Marco Rubio, who's like the second front runner for the Republican nomination. Said he will support Trump if he wins the nomination. Anybody will so, say anything in a campaign. Because yeah, but I feel like at these debates that everybody has to be looking at Trump and just going, "You are crazy. Yeah, you are inc- like- you are crazy. Why are you why are you winning?" Well, let me you know Fox News and this is Fox News doing absolutely nailed him at the last debate. I mean, just like left and right. I mean, it was pretty severe, and he, he made himself look pretty bad. And he's now even starting to backtrack on some of his statements. And that's the thing is when the when the facts. Start hitting him in the face. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to know what to do. 
when they when when it really boils down to it, he's not going to know what to do. He's going to have his ca- be caught with his tail between his legs, and it's going to be the end for him. Okay? Yeah. One he, thing that uh, he well, could even go all the way, and it'll still be the same story. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it will be. One thing that really really struck me this this week was uh, did you guys see the the John Oliver video last week tonight? Well, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Make Trump, make Trump. Yeah, make Trump Donald again. Trump okay. Again. Well, there's one segment where he or uh, Trump, uh, Trump, Trump. We'll just call him Trump. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's making a call to uh, like Fox and Friends, one of the morning shows on Fox News, and he's saying, and he's saying, uh, you have to. Um, he said, we're being too PC about how we're conducting this war on terrorism. You have yeah, to go after the family. terrorist families and stuff like that. And, and that's uh, a war crime. Yeah, yeah. John Oliver's like, just so we're clear. On what we just heard, that is the current front runner th- for the Republican nomination advocating a war crime. It's a war crime. <laughs> like, I'm. Okay, how? but really, I mean, he probably had just finally read Machiavelli. But again, and was like, I you know have to stuff. be feared, not respected. Yeah, that, you know, because yeah. Machiavelli's like, man, when you go in to conquer a world, you destitute it. You, you don't leave anybody alive you, who may possibly ever rise yeah, up against you. You leave a Carthaginian win. Yeah, and so he said, you, you pour know, salt on the sand. Trump's like, hey, <laughs> so I read a book. Again. I got an idea. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, got to look through through rational eyes. I don't think it's as it's going to be as bad as we think it is. It just we're 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 making it. Yeah, we're already jumping to worst case scenario. We're making it worse, and, there's, and it's still there's still, still a year left. Really, really early, and and even like I said, well, even, eight months left. Yeah, I mean, That's even not still, very long. Even still, even if he used to take it all the way, I don't think it's going to work for him. So let's let you know, put your mind at ease. Everything's going to be okay. It always has a way of working out. Anyway, we got even if he it. wins, I'm gonna dissent, and it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll just be fun to dissent for four years to yeah. say f drump. DJ Poor smoking hot Toddcast promo. Take one. All right, Poor, just say uh, this is DJ Poor, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. <laughs> All right, say it like you would say. Don't say it some way cool, like dude, you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. <laughs> hmm, that's not quite the way I said it. All right, poor. Just say you're listening to the third home of Hot Toddy, the Smoking Hot Toddcast. I'm here. Oh, for the love of God! Will you say it now? Bing or... bong. Damn it! The Smoking Hot Guy Poopy. I quit. Well, of course, we've been talking a lot about Donald Trump this week, and uh, it's it's without a doubt that he has made this election probably the craziest one in U.S. history. I think that goes without saying. Uh, plus, you know, everything that's going on with the Republicans, plus, you know, Hillary and Bernie. I mean, that's a crazy mess, too. And then who are your two contenders, really, in the end? Who's it going to be? Probably Hillary and Donald Trump. What a combination, right? So, without a doubt, this is probably the craziest election in U.S. history, but it is not the only crazy election we've ever had. No. I, right here, right now, I'm about to bring you the ten most bizarre elections in American history, according to CNN, this is brought to you by CNN.com. We start with number ten, the eighteen hundred presidential election, the election of eighteen hundred, which the outcome of it was a contest between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. That contest was so bizarre that the United States had to amend the Constitution. The Electoral College members each had two votes for president, and there were no official tickets during that time. Whoever garnered the most votes was president, and second place took vice presidency you couldn't choose your running mate back then now those problems arose in the system very much in the last election which was 1796 and definitely in 1800 and ended up seeing a tie between thomas jefferson and aaron burr both had 73 votes 
and Adams Adams lost regardless. He John Adams lost. He had his one term. Uh, he lost with 65. Congress had to be called upon to break the tie. And this is why the election of 1800 is a prelude to a duel. Because Alexander Hamilton, the very first Secretary of the Treasury, had to be called in. And he hated all three candidates, Adams, Jefferson, and Burr. Nonetheless, he engaged a campaign to convince the Federalists to vote for Jefferson, the lesser of what he considered to be the lesser of three evils. He said, Mr. Burr loves nothing but himself. The House of Representatives didn't easily arrive at that decision. They cast 35 ballots in a week before finally voting Jefferson, the victor, and Burr, and Burr as the vice president on February 7, 1801. And that rivalry between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton went on for three more years until they met in a duel and Aaron Burr killed Alexander Hamilton. Next, we have the election of 1824, in which the loser of that election, Andrew Jackson, called a corrupt bargain and promised that he would win come 1828. Your candidates were Andrew Jackson, who was a war hero, of course, and he actually won the popular vote. This is going to sound familiar uh, as to another election that we had in recent years. He won the popular vote by fewer than 39,000 ballots, took 99 electoral college votes. His rival... Uh, again, uh, it's another Adams, just like in the last election we talked about, Senator John Quincy Adams. He secured 84 electoral votes. Treasury Secretary William Crawford won 41, and the Speaker of the House, Henry Clay, won 37. Now, with no candidate earning a majority of the votes, the House, once again, had to settle the deadlock, and Jackson was confident he was going to win. Now, because the House could choose among only three candidates, the one who had the lowest amount of votes got knocked out of the race, which was Henry Clay. But did I mention, of course, that Henry Clay is the Speaker of the House? Yes, indeed. Well, after a month of this back and forth, Clay supporters shifted their support to John Quincy Adams, and he went on to win the majority of the House vote. Maryland, Illinois, and Louisiana, which had cast most of their electoral college votes for Jackson, as well as Kentucky, where Adams did not receive a single ballot in the popular vote, decided then to back J.Q. Adams. And after his inauguration, John Quincy Adams selected Mr. Henry Clay as Secretary of State, which is, of course, means he lost a rank in power because Speaker of the House is the third person in command of the country, Secretary of State is fourth person. However, during that time, and even sometimes now, Secretary of State is usually the prelude of, to becoming the president. So because of all of this, Andrew Jackson called this a corrupt bargain, and he kept his promise. He won the next election in 1828. Next, we have the election of 1860, which should come to no surprise. Of course, that was a very turbulent time in America's history as we were just months away from the American Civil War. The candidates were Abraham Lincoln of the newly formed Republican Party and John Breckinridge, the current vice president of the United States under James Buchanan. He was the Democratic candidate. And this actually had one of the highest voter turnouts of all time. Now, I'm not going to go into great detail about this, but that's what you should know is that the nation was at its most crucial point at that time because the south was extremely angry the north was angry they're angry at each other and that's what eventually tore the nation apart was electing abraham lincoln that's when the south said we're done we're out of here obviously the country does not care about us anymore thus beginning the civil war and lincoln tried to keep it together as best he could until 1865 when the war ended in the union's favor Next, we have the election of 1872, where Ulysses S. Grant ended up winning his second term in office. But what made this one so strange is because his opponent, Horace Greeley, died 
That's right. Horace Greeley was, wasn't supposed to put up much of a fight in his bid to knock out U.S. Grant, but a schism in Grant's Republican Party made things a little bit more interesting. Get this. Grant, of course, who led the Union armies to victory and defeated the Confederacy in the Civil War, had not been so convincing in the Oval Office. The White House website, get this, describes him as out of his element and actually quotes one visitor who spoke of his puzzled pathos as a man with a problem before him of which does not understand the terms. Some Republicans defected, becoming liberal Republicans, and cast their lot with Greeley, a Democrat who would go on to snare 44% of the popular vote and almost 3 million ballots, despite him stopping campaigning to tend to his sick wife, who actually died a week before the election. Before the Electoral College could cast its vote, though, he died on November 29, 1872, and 63 of his 66 votes were dispersed among Thomas Hendricks, who would end up becoming vice president, and other Democrats. Kind of a strange kind of a story there, I gotta, gotta admit. But the very next election was just as strange. In 1876, Democrat Samuel Tilden had beaten Republican Rutherford Hayes and snared a quarter million more ballots in the popular vote, and he had 19 more votes in the Electoral College. Here's the thing, though. Tilden was one Electoral College vote away from a, from a majority of 185 votes and four states, composing a total of 20 votes. Florida, Louisiana, South Carolina, and Oregon were disputing the results. And the Southern States Eat Party was accusing the other of fraud. You gotta love that going on. With no precedent to lean on, the two parties agreed to establish a 15-member commission made up of seven Republicans, seven Democrats, and an Independent. The Independent Supreme Court Justice David Davis was unexpectedly selected by the Illinois legislature to serve in the U.S. Senate. He was replaced by Justice Joseph Bradley, a diehard Republican who would cast every vote for Hayes, providing him the 20 votes he needed for the majority. Democrats initially threatened to block the decision, but in the backroom deal, they agreed to drop their opposition if Hayes, among other provisions, removed federal troops that had been in the South under Reconstruction. Which is what he did, and he was sworn in on March 5, 1877. The next strange election was that of 1920. It was a battle between two newspaper publishers. It was Republican Warren G. Harding and Democrat James Cox. Now, Warren Harding won big time in the popular vote, 60% of it. That's right, 37 of the then 48 states. But get this, third place, the third place candidate got a little bit crazier. The Socialist Party of America enjoyed support at the outset of the 20th century, thus that union leader Eugene Debs ran for president in 1900, 1904, 08, and 12. And this guy roughly got 6% of the popular vote in 1912. That's pretty exciting. In 1920 though, he ran his campaign, get this, from prison. That's right. He was convicted under an espionage law and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Demonstrations protesting his imprisonment evolved in the May Day riots of 1919, and Debs was later moved to the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary from where he conducted his presidential campaign. He would again secure those 900,000 votes, which is around 6%, but of course he didn't win. But that's the first time, and to my knowledge, the only time that a presidential candidate has run his campaign from prison. And how can we forget the 1948 election that we consider to be the ultimate whoops moment when newspaper headlines kind of jumped the gun and said that Thomas Dewey of New York, the governor of New York at that time, beat Harry S. Truman in the election. And how can we forget that picture of President Truman holding up the day's paper, which came, which was made the day before the results were finalized, and it, he's holding up the paper saying, Dewey defeats Truman 
And that didn't happen. But the thing was, Thomas Dewey was considered to be the favorite to win. Even as late as Election Day, an NBC report predicted that he would, that Truman would lose. And it wasn't until 4 a.m. that his Secret Service agents woke him to say that he had, in fact, won. But the Chicago Tribune, I love this, the Chicago Daily Tribune referred to Truman as a nincompoop. Now, nincompoop or not, he won the election. Uh, of course, the election of 1960, the very first time we had televised debates, of course, the infamous one between John F. Kennedy and Richard M. Nixon. And that's where we realized that looks mean everything if you're going to be on television, because John F. Kennedy looked very young, looked very well put together, no blemishes, great hair, everything was working in his favor. You looked at Nixon, had a five o'clock shadow going, wore a, wore a gray suit that blended into the background. His appearance left much to be desired, and it just it just didn't look too well for him. Now, as to say that is what lost him the election, well, you can't really say that, but it certainly didn't help. He didn't. Nixon didn't look like a leader. Kennedy looked like a leader. Very important in the election of 1964, the mandate on race. The summer of 1964 brought the Civil Rights Act. Angry white protesters protested the legislation across the South while blacks, enraged by police treatment, erupted into demonstrations in New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, and other cities. The stage was set for extremes, but the election would not hinge on whether presidential candidate Barry Goldwater or President Lyndon Johnson was more capable commander-in-chief. Race would not only shape the 64 ballot, but it would affect elections for decades to come. Finally, the election of 1972, where we saw the death of a campaign due to electroshock therapy. Listen to this. Senator George McGovern, South Dakota, won the Democratic nomination for president and phoned Senator Thomas Ingleton, asked him if he'd be his running mate. Now, a lot of high-profile Democrats declined to join McGovern on the ticket, so he asked Ingleton. Now, if he just asked Ingleton a few questions, as it is uh, by today's standards, he would have learned that the senator from Missouri had been hospitalized three times for depression and had undergone electroshock therapy on two of those occasions. Now, when the rumors started to surface, McGovern stood by his running mate, but eventually decided that Eagleton posed as a little bit of a liability. During a news conference, McGovern, who was supposed to be relaxing and not campaigning, revealed Eagleton's medical history to reporters and explained that he had only recently divulged the matter to McGovern. On August 1st, just after 18 days, 18 days after he'd been selected, Thomas Eagleton officially dropped out of the campaign. And of course, Richard Nixon would go on to get his second term and pretty much obliterating uh, McGovern, carrying 40, oh, this is weird, it carrying 49 states. There's only 50 states in the union. He carried 49 states and outpacing McGovern by 18 million votes. Not that it really mattered, though, because in just two short years, Nixon would have to resign. But not before scaring every future presidential candidate into picking the right person for their running mate. Scared them, yes. Convinced them, obviously not. Case in point, Sarah Palin. But anyway, there you have it, the top 10 craziest presidential elections in U.S. history. God help us all. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Podcast. And now, a look into our possible future. He's a crazy madman. I can't take it anymore. I didn't realize he was going to be this nuts. I've got to get out of here. I've got to go. I am Lord Trump. Identify yourself. Really? It... It's Chris Christie. Ah, yes, the groveling Yeah, but whatever. Listen, I'm I'm out of here, okay? You have gotten way out of control, and I can't deal with it no more. Just so you know, I have met with the Republican Party, and we refuse to do anything you say or do from here on out. And we're just awaiting your turn to be up. You have made me very angry. 
one double crosses, Lord Trump. Listen, Mr. Sartine, why don't you take your little scepter and go back to your chair, sit and spin, my friend, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye. Bye. Who does this clown think he's dealing with? I think I'm dealing with a son of a bitch. That's who I think I'm dealing with. Seriously. Your days of control are over. There will be no other chances. I'm giving the commands around here. Oh, is that what you said? Silence! I have spoken. Whatevs, dude. You think you got it all figured out, don't you? Well, do whatever you want, but I ain't helping you. And by the way, my penis, a lot bigger than yours. My name is Lord Trump. Get out of my way, you fat-ass fake hair orangutan, for God's sakes. Smoking hot podcast. And there you have it. Another awesome episode of the Smoking Hot Tidecast is down in the books. And I hope that you're not just completely numb after going through the Trump illusion. I hope that it instead gave you some enlightenment on what exactly is going down right now. It's probably not as bad as one might think. It might even be kind of hilarious. So the point of this episode really was just to say, put your mind at ease. We don't know how things are going to work out. Most likely it's going to work out in every in in the good favor, meaning Trump probably will not be the president. Let's just hope for that. But even if he is, we're overreacting. We have no idea what's going to happen. So let's just sit back and relax and watch this train wreck come barreling towards us, if that's comforting at all. But anyway, before we go, though, I have to thank our very special guest this week, Lord Zed, for coming in here and uh, doing his masterful, what I think would be masterful impersonation of Donald Trump as president. So, th- so thanks to Lord Zed for coming in, and thank you to D.A. Williams for giving us his interpretation of Chris Christie. I think it's bitter irony that we chose our southernmost cast member to play the governor of new jersey but i think it worked out for the best that was a great combination so thank you lord zed and da with that in mind that's going to do it for us this week we'll be back with another great episode next week so be sure and tune in for that you can follow me on social media just look up hot toddy on facebook vine and periscope at hot toddy 9102 on twitter and hottest underscore toddy on instagram you can also follow some of the cast members of the smoking hot toddcast on twitter uh miss pengrino at pengrino sheila at sheila hawk and our announcer doc summit at kev summit until next week folks try not to let donald trump melt your mind instead try to melt his hair until next week this is hot toddy saying something else must be small i guarantee you there's no problem i guarantee Uh, okay